Inconceivable, a game of nerdery and nonsense, trivia and tribulations. Now let's join our panelists, but first, a man who needed help scoring and whose feelings toward Lex were adoring concluded it feasible to host Inconceivable, and that man, his name was Dan Morin. Thank you, Lex Friedman, I think. Welcome to Inconceivable, a game that has two teams' knowledge of the nerdy, useless, and obscure. To my right is Team One. We would have given her the whole sky, but she only wanted a corner. Quinn Rose. That was the most adorable introduction I've ever gotten. Hello. <laughs> That's what we're shooting for. Let's give him a nice big Vulcan hello, Scott McNulty. I just need to get a coffee. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow, this team's down to two people. That's really sad. Uh, And we had to inform her that this is a very serious show with absolutely no cloning around. Gene McDonald. (laughs) I will try not to laugh. That's going to be really difficult. (laughs) This show is much better if you all don't laugh. Uh, Who will be captaining Team One? I am the captain. Uh, Captain McNulty of the good ship. I don't know what your ship's name is. Enterprise, presumably, but could be something else. Don't presume. All right, you're right. That just makes a pre out of you and me. That's right. Uh, to my left is Team Two. He's making a fast break to the most important meal. Brian Hamilton. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for that good introduction. You're quite welcome. This show doesn't look like anything to her. Kelly Gamont. <laughs> Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, dear. And wait until you see him in high definition, Steve Lutz. Oh, that's a really bad idea, what you just said there. You don't want that. (laughs) Who will be captaining Team 2 on this occasion? Not it. Great. Yeah. Off to a good start. Actually, that's how I ended up as captain. Obviously, it can't be me. Well, the first person to say it's not them, it's totally them. So, uh, hi, I'm the captain. Okay, Brian and Steve both took a step back. I understand how this works. She took a step back, and then we volunteered her as the person in the back. Who seemed like they said, oh, the person in the back is always <laughs> captain. Right. Yeah. You've been volunteered as tribute. <laughs> All right. As a reminder, correct answers are worth 10 points with partial credit decided by me and our scorekeeper, Mr. Lex Friedman. Woo-hoo. Round one is called A Good Start. I'm going to give you the first line of a famous book. You're going to tell me what the book is and who wrote it. Five points for the book title, five points for the author. If you don't get it on the first line... I will provide you with the second or possibly second and third lines, at which point you can earn still two points for the book name and two points for the author name. Here we go. Quinn, you're up first. Okay. The year 1866 was signalized by a remarkable incident, a mysterious and inexplicable phenomenon, which doubtless no one has yet forgotten. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what this is. Hey, team. Does anyone have any idea what this is? <laughs> this coffee is really good. Yeah. <laughs> 1866. I, and, uh, really great. <laughs> I have no idea. I, yeah. I mean, the only thing that just popped into my head was like was either like, uh, like Jules Verne or something like, you know, historical science fiction. Oh, I did think Around the World in 80 Days might be it, but I have not read it. So, yeah, me uh, neither. <laughs> Can we- there are books Scott McNulty hasn't read. <laughs> or he doesn't remember. Well, that's true. Can we get the line one more time? Sure. The year 1866 was signalized by a remarkable incident, a mysterious and inexplicable phenomenon which doubtless no one has yet forgotten. Except for the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Some sort Twin- of phenomena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a comet or something or, or Martians. Like, but it's not – it's too – too late for War of the World. I mean, too early for War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, but I think, Quinn, we can also take extra lines, you know. Yeah, you can also give – feel free points. to give a guess, too. You, you won't lose anything yeah. for guessing on this one. And then oh, okay. if you don't get it, I can give you the next line. Okay. Ooh. Well, in that case, I will guess Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. So you're going to get five points because you got the correct author, just not the huh. correct book. Huh. So huh. your second line, and you can still get two points for the name of the book – your second line is, not to mention rumors which agitated the maritime population and excited the public mind, even in the uh, interior of continents, uh, seafaring men were particularly excited. Okay, so would this be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Indeed it would. Nicely done. Uh, That's whew. a total of seven points. That's not bad. Where we started. <laughs> <laughs> Wildly guessing. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's all, uh, yep, that's always directed guessing is the way to go. All right, we'll go to team two. Brian. Hello! Hello! Here is your first line. You will rejoice to hear that no disaster has accompanied the commencement of an enterprise which you have regarded with such evil forebodings. Uh, I rejoice that my team is here to help me. Hey, team. Um, okay, so the these titles, the, these first sentences are very verbose. My guess is that they are of the same era as like Jules Verne, Charles Dickens, that kind of stuff. Um what what are we rejoicing in? What kinds of books would be rejoiced? I'm still trying to work out what a well, book is, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it sort of sounds like uh, the book is starting with a letter to someone. Mm. Ah, yes. Mm. So it sounds so it's it's some sort of of um, letter or something that somebody's you know because it sounds like somebody's telling somebody else that they're right about. Oh, that's about interesting because right, he right. brings up enterprise and foreboding and. I wonder if this is Jonathan Harker's diary from Bram Stoker's Dracula. My other guess was uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, because that starts with a letter. Okay, so somebody had some forebodings about the enterprise on which this person was launching, and nothing, yeah. nothing came no of it as of yet. So I'm wondering if Therefore, this is. Rejoice. Oh, but I feel like I feel like it, it gives me a. I made it there safely. Yeah, and nothing has happened yet, and the rest of the book is about how it all went wrong. That that <laughs> says to me Frankenstein because the letters are sent from the Arctic Circle yeah. where mm-hmm. the uh, where Frankenstein, not the monster, is. I think maybe I haven't read that book in years. Yeah, I'm going to take Dracula off the table because the, the Jonathan Harker stuff is all his diary, so he wouldn't be addressing it to somebody. Right, it's not to anybody. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Frankenstein I seems say, good. I say go with it, Brian. Yeah. Uh, our first guest, Dan Morin, host of Inconceivable, is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And your guess is... Woo-hoo! Correct! Whoa! Ten points! Woo! Well done. Way to go, team. Wow. Drinking some Good seltzer reasoning. to celebrate. Excellent. Wow. Excellent job. Yes, it does indeed start with a letter. You did not need... I arrived here yesterday, and my first task is to assure my dear sister of my welfare and increasing confidence in the success of my undertaking. Yes! Scott McNulty, a man who has read many books and remembers very few of them... <laughs> Uh, yes. Your first line is, no live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and katydids are supposed by some to dream. First line of a book, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Team, uh, do anybody know anything about larks and 
the other thing, Katie? <laughs> Katie Dids. Katie Dids. Um, well, so it seems like the, the theme of this book is dreaming. Um, or potentially no or potentially insanity. It sounds almost foreboding no. to me. Yeah. yeah. I know. These are all kind of foreboding. Would you say you regard it with evil forebodings? Or? <laughs> <laughs> you will rejoice to know that there are no forebodings. <laughs> hmm. Ah, I see the hums are back. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, uh, my thinking sound. <laughs> yeah, the thinking sound. Great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I just have a button that goes, uh, it's marked, hmm. And, uh, oh, it's a little sound. <laughs> and would you say there are things that make you go, hmm? Well, yeah, it's a button. <laughs> the button uh, makes me mostly uh, go, hmm. Uh, finally, we've answered that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be, it sounds a, uh, a little surreal, as Gene said, so maybe it could be like Alice in Wonderland, something like that, but uh, I don't know. A live organism. Like science, it sounds like there's science in it, though, too. Like oh, that. science, my, my nemesis. Uh, <laughs> science. Ah, I've been blinded. Uh, <laughs> well, feel free to take a shot, and you can always get another line. Yeah. That's, does it, Scott, does have a guess? Captain Scott. Than, all right, I'm going uh, to guess Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. I don't think it's right, but that's, that's the guess. It is not correct. I will give you the second line. I have redacted the first word in the second line because it's part of the title. So imagine, if you will. Is it the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the second line is blank, that being part of the title, blank, comma, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood so for 80 years and might stand for 80 more. Hmm. <laughs> that clears things up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, um, that's great. It stood against the hills for 80 years. Okay, so this is some kind of building? Sound of music. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. It's some kind of building. Some kind of building. How many points do we get for that? <laughs> I'm, I'm literally taking points away. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, damn it. Some kind of building that uh, causes uh, crazy things to happen. Huh. Or crazy things happen in it. Yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> huh. oh. oh, wait. This mm. is... I've heard this before. Wait. The Haunting of Hill House? Is that a thing? That's a thing, right? That is a thing. I don't know if it's a book thing, but it is a thing. Well, I know it's a TV show, but it's based on a book. I think. Oh. Well, that's more than I know. I have no idea yeah, who wrote it. I haven't watched it. <laughs> or if that's uh, it, but it's like, I don't know, building on a hill? <laughs> <laughs> well, if nobody else says anything, because I've got nothing, yeah, I'm, I'm going either. to... We'll go with the House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> Or whatever it you is, the what? haunting Quinn of House Hill. said it, so we're going to give you the two points. Okay. That is correct. That's the correct title. Okay. I'm sure somebody on, on Team 2 knows who wrote that. Yeah, Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. Isn't it just yes. the, haunting, the haunting, though? It's the Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Oh, that's right. The Haunting is the shortened movie yes. version. Yeah. So, yes. The full second line was Hill House, not sane, et cetera, et cetera. So I figured I wasn't going to give you that one. Way to pull that out, Quinn. Cool. Good job. Yeah, excellent. Just by brushing knowledge of names of TV shows. That's sometimes that's all you need to get by in life. That is two points for Team One, and we'll go over to Kelly. Oh, geez. Okay. I like that everyone's always surprised. Like, oh, uh, you're going to ask me a question on this game show? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not surprised. I'm just worried about what you're going to ask me and that I'm not going to know because it's not going to be something that, like, Walt Simonson created in the 70s or something, which was, I would know. It was the best of times. No. All right, here we go. I'll make my report as if I told a story. 
for I was taught as a child on my homeworld that truth is a matter of the imagination. And I will tell you that truth is capitalized if there's any reason that helps you. <laughs> okay, so we got a homeworld that the narrator's not from. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a narrator. He's <laughs> making a report. Check. There are some words, there are sentences. Uh, let's, let's, let's keep deconstructing this. So it sounds like a spacefaring thing, given homeworld. Yeah. It's and like a space cop kind of space cops. So team, sort of a report. It does sound a little space copy or sp- like some other sort of observational thing. Like I don't know, like a psychologist report, something like that. Is this uh... space books? We've got Dune. We've got uh, some, probably no. something by H.G. Wells. Uh, it's not Dune. It's not Dune. Okay, cool. <laughs> Is this one of those? Um, oh, who's the robotics guy? Why am I? As is this an Asimov thing? Asimov. Asimov? Like, is this Elijah no, Bailey no. making a report um, of some kind, or? No, oh, it's in there. Uh, no, this is, um, um, oh, ah, okay. <laughs> we need Liz to guide you. <laughs> we do, ma, 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 ma. Um, Would you like to phone a Liz? <laughs> is that an option? It is it not an option. It should be an option. option. Yeah, she <laughs> Why is that not an she, option? She'd... Yeah, you have to, like, spend, like, 20 points on it or something. I think that's how that works. <laughs> Yeah, she she so those, super those noises you're making, Kelly. Is that does that indicate that yeah. maybe Asimov is um, in the right direction? Or okay, it's definitely it, it's science fiction. It's other worlds. Um, that seems a little too technological. Like that's not quite the word I'm looking for. But I can't find the word that I'm looking for. But I don't think it's that. Uh, uh... We got Wells. We got Herbert. We've got uh, Asimov. We've got Island. no, Island. no, no. It's not those. It's um ah. Uh, uh, it's almost there. Like it's 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 making its way to the front of my brain. So truth is a matter of the message. Truth. Is... Uh, team, I'm I'm going out on this with um, Ur- Ursula Le Guin, the Left Hand of Darkness. Holy crap! Hey! <laughs> wow! I feel Liz was ten points. That's wow! Incredible. How did you do that? Because <laughs> I knew it. I knew it started with it's 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 not a dude. Like I had to start there, and then <laughs> somehow it. Plus, I'd get deported if I didn't know an Ursula Le Guin book. Oh, wow, important. that was that so, was most you know. impressive. And the Liz Miles Award goes to <laughs> Kelly Gamont. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was some serious. Okay, so the second line was the soundest fact may fail or prevail in the style of its telling, like that singular organic jewel of our seas, which grows brighter as one woman wears it, and worn by another, dulls and goes to dust. Uh, that, I think, was probably the hardest one in this round, so well done. That's my captain. <laughs> wow. Yeah, truth is a matter of imagination, because that always stuck with me. All I right. thought that was a really interesting perspective, so I, that's... Excellent yeah. job. All right, Gene, uh, this one's right. this one's kind of short and sweet, but if you need the second line, I'm going to give you the second and third line. Okay. But here's the first line. I did two things on my 75th birthday. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is Old Man's War by John Scalzi. Oh yeah, I, I go with Sc- Captain Scott because uh, I don't. Going with Captain Scott is a good idea. That is ten points. <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. line, remember some one book. That's the remember. one book he remembers. That's right, the only <laughs> one. That's the one. That's the important one. The next lines were: I visited my wife's grave, then I joined the army. Hell okay. of a day. Have <laughs> Okay. All right. And to round out this first round, Steve Lutz. What? It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> really? Yep. Sultry. The night was sultry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard this a million times, and I didn't realize anybody had ever actually used it as an opening line. 
Are you sure the last one was the hardest in this round, Dan? <laughs> I am pretty sure. It was a dark mm. and stormy night. Uh, team? A shot rang out. No, that's... <laughs> It's not it's not Snoopy writing his novel. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> oh. That's Snoopy. Mm. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Could this be Dracula? No. Is this how it started? No, no. no I, I, okay. You know, the kind of night where you like a dark and stormy. That's what All I'm right, saying. Let's try to parse mm, this. Yum, yum. Um, Which is a fine beverage, it's night, by it's, the way. And it's a dark night, but it's also <laughs> it's also stormy. <laughs> na, 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 so it's probably na. extra dark. It was in the past tense. <sighs> not a lot to go on here. No, it really without isn't. Knowing already what it is, which I do not. We need a Scott on this team. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have our Scott. <laughs> it's like a. Um, it's not. It, I know it's not, but it's like Arthur Conan Doyle, like that era of authors. Sure, why not? That's as far back. That that's the best I got on this one. Do we want to guess Arthur Conan Doyle and uh, see if we get any points yeah, let's for that? Throw out the first. Uh, I don't think it was. It's probably not, so, but at least it's something. Yeah, it's the. But it's like that that Victorian era sort of not the right word again, but overdone sort of style of writing. It's let's that. Say Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the Hounds of the Baskervilles. <laughs> it's a good guess. It is not correct. The second line is. And I think this will probably give it away. In her attic bedroom, Margaret Murray, wrapped in an old patchwork quilt, sat on the foot oh, of her bed and watched no. the trees tossing in the frenzied lashing of the wind. It's winds. Madeline Lengel, uh, Wrinkle in Time. That is correct. Yay! Really? Four, she started it with points. that, and I don't she remember that? She did start it with a dark and stormy night. Oh my gosh! Uh, wow. Well done. This was, incidentally, this round was inspired by my family being the huge nerds they are. We sent, sat around on Christmas and were, like, quizzing people on first lines of books. So <laughs> oh my thanks to them for this. Thanks, Dan's family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is the end of round one. Lex Friedman, what are the scores? Dan, after one round, uh, Scott McNulty and his enterprising team have uh, racked up 19 points, where Kelly and her team have 24 points. It started out really far apart, but it is now uh, anyone's game. Anyone's game. All right. We are coming to round two, which is, of course, the first of our fake-off rounds. You fake-off. Thank you. Team in this one, (laughs) team one must find the liar. You may bid between one and ten points based on the following category. If you guess the correct definition, you will get the number of points that you bid. If you do not, you will lose that number of points. Team one, your category is future slang. Future slang. What the frack? (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite Shin song, future slang. (laughs) (laughs) All right, team... Very binary, like you're gonna know the word or not, or you just have to guess it. That is uh, that is most of this round. I, yeah, I, I guess that's say, how yeah. it works. That's, that's, th- those are our options. Um, <laughs> or we could win by refusing to play. That's, no, I think we lose. Uh, this is not war games. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we could we could we could bet zero points, uh, <laughs> which would be a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing we as opposed we, to we, I believe you have to bid between one and ten. Let me just check my rules, and they must be integers, and they must be real numbers. Just on the strategic side, we know what our fake-off round is, and then they'll have to bid. So I I think we should bid moderately, because I I think our our category may – they may end up bidding moderately. That's my – 
That's my strategy right there. <laughs> oh. That was a beautifully vague so. sentence. <laughs> well, I don't want to yes. say anything. So, wait, the conclusion was moderate? Moderate. <laughs> yes, that's what we're bidding. Moderate. Okay. Like, let's b- bid five points. And, and then I, I think that we'll uh, – although we have to bid more to catch up with them. That's only – I don't know. Uh, I, 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 don't I think care. I support five points. I think we have an okay chance at future slang, but I'm not fully confident by any means. Okay. Five points it is. Five points bid by Team 1 in the category Future Slang. Team 1, your word is mm-hmm. Grife, G-R-I-F-E. And for our first definition for Grife, we go to Brian Hamilton. A Grife is slang for an encrypted message sent between members of the police force. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Could be an encrypted message. Could be something else entirely. Kelly, what's a grife? Grife is future slang that does not refer to a singular thing. It refers to a a, a particular thing that is the residue or the buildup on buildings from the exhaust of spaceships. Oh, okay. So it's like the, the, the future soot. Yes. All right. Okay. And uh, it could be a future soot. Could be that is encrypted communication. And no fake off round would be complete without hearing from Steve Lutz. Steve, what is grife? Grife? As you well know, Dan, I do, is an exclamation that is popular in the 31st century. It basically means, damn it. Mm, Okay, so it could be some sort of invective. It could be spaceship soot on buildings. Or it might still be that encrypted communication. But it's one of those. Team One, which one is it? Hmm. I take it nobody knows the answer. No. Uh, somebody knows that. I, I know she's not on our team. <laughs> I will say I don't like the exclamation option. It just doesn't sound like a very good swear word. Yeah. Yeah, grife that one. Grife it right in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Language? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> grife your you family, Dan. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's still wow. pissed off from the last round. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think I'm I'm leaning towards encrypted message. I, I'm also leaning with Gene towards the encrypted message yeah. for no particular reason. Yeah, I, I could support this. All right. Well, then uh, let's go with it because we don't know. What do we care? Encrypted <laughs> message. <laughs> That's the spirit. Well, they're all leaning uh, towards this encrypted message answer from Mr. Brian Hamilton. Brian, is Grife a secure communication of some sort? Slang for an encrypted message sent between members of the police force is not what a Grife is. <gasps> that was Bluff, who over there had the correct answer. Nobody ever believes anything I say. <laughs> damn it. I think you mean Grife. Grife. exclamation Grife. meaning damn it, popular in the 31st century. As those yeah. of you who have read DC Comics, Legion of Superheroes. The Legion of no. Superheroes. That's just... Indeed. Yeah. I stand by saying that's not a very good swear word. It is not satisfying <laughs> to say at all. Nope. Yeah. Have you tried saying it? Yeah, I just did. Right. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> I'm sort of kicking myself now because I knew that that's a... Is Steve Lutz's strategy? Uh, he he, he, he uh, takes advantage of his lack of believability, and yet it continues to work. Pa- patented Steve Lutz tactics. But I, I was, you know, in good Princess Bride fashion. I was like, but this time, he's yeah. got the wrong answer because he knows that somebody might have listened to him on the last show mm-hmm. recently, where he said oh. that. So. Yes, both of Brian's beverages were poisoned. Uh, all right. That is the end of round two. Lex Friedman, if you're still awake, what's the scores? It got a little rough, Dan. It's now 24 to 14. Still Oof. anyone's game, but Oof. man, all right. Scott's team has little work to do. Okay. Well, round three. 
is a round we're calling <laughs> Monstrous Origins. I'm going to give you a monstrous creature. I would like to Thank know you. what that creature is and where its name come from. So definition monstrous. and derivation of the following monstrous creatures. And Brian Hamilton, we will start with you. A wyvern. W-Y-V-E-R-N. A uh, wyvern. I've heard this pronounced wyvern in uh, Firewatch's Wizards. May Wyverns. also be pronounced wyvern. That's fair. Uh, Grife or Griff. Um, <laughs> so you're looking for where it came from and what it is? Yeah, or? yeah. Tell me what it is. And in most of these cases, I'm looking for something that's, you know, what are the sort of particular characteristics of this thing? Or what are some notable characteristics of this thing? Wizards and Wyverns from Firewatch. Uh, my guess is some sort of, uh, like, goblin creature? Team, do you have anything? Yeah, it's, no, a small, it's, a, it's a small dragon, basically. It's a dragon, yeah. It's a, um, it's a tiny <laughs> dragon. I mean, it's not really a dragon. It's like a separate species, but it is, it's dragon-like. It's a small flying creature that breathes fire. Yeah, and usually I, I want to say it's two legs, maybe four, but I think it's two. Hmm. That's, um, so sort of, yeah, so that... That style of, of like, more lizardy dragon than... Literally everything my team just said. <laughs> All right, you're going to get five <laughs> points. That's correct. The, the most salient details here are that it generally has two legs and that it generally has wings and is otherwise very close to a dragon. Do you have any idea where the word might come from? I've always um... wondered that. This is going to be educational. Appreciate that, Dan. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. We're doing education. Bram Stoker's Dracula is where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good guess because because uh, um, I I don't know. Of all the guesses, that is certainly one. <laughs> Somebody told Ernest what this creature was called, and he responded, "Why, Vern?" <laughs> um, can I deduct points um, for that? <laughs> you really should. Um, I, I offer up points. No, no. Um. I, I should, Steve. I don't. I don't. I have no clue where this. You want to take a shot about like maybe what language it comes from? Welsh, mm. Latin. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a point because Latin is correct. Yay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, six points on that one. It actually comes from the Latin word vipera, or where we get viper, uh, and that got sort of transmuted into wyvern or wyvern. And it is two legged dragon. So six points to you guys. Nicely done. Hooray! Uh, let's Great. go to the other side. Quinn. So we could just name languages until we get the right one, and you'll say, points. It all started with Latin, right? <laughs> we got one point for Within that, reason. Scott. Relax. Hey, I, we're losing. I'm a stickler for points. Don't give me any griff. <laughs> it's pronounced grife, actually. Uh, all right, Quinn. Yes. A lich. Oh, okay. Uh, lich, yes. This is like a ghost thing. I'm talking to my team, not to you. Um, <laughs> yes, it's an undead creature. Yeah. Um, does anyone know where it came from? How it, how's it spelled? L-I-C-H. Oh. I know it from Dungeons & Dragons, so I'm just going to assume it comes oh. from Dungeons & Dragons. It might come from, no, it came from the Adventure Zone. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason I know what it is, but... <laughs> so the Adventure Zone is based on a game called Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> really? Tell me more! <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. I mean, that might be where it's from. And it, do we have anything more specific than undead creature? Is there a more specific definition? 
So liches are liches. Uh, they've died, but they come back because they're basically cursed. They haven't finished something, so they they mm. come back uh, and try to finish it. I think that's what a lich. You're, you're missing one sali- one important quality of a lich. I know what one it is. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> lich, yes, please. I am. There are seven highly effective qualities of a lich. I'm missing one important quality. Um, one important quality. Dead, they aside have, from being undead. Unfinished I mean, business. Unfinished business. They're, they're are they like children or adults or women or... Uh, any any of these things can be liches or okay. turned into liches. Okay. Uh, are they evil? Or they have phylacteries. That's liches, right? Are they? They're stamp collectors. <laughs> yeah. uh, no phylacteries. <laughs> they they put their uh, their life force into it so that when you kill a lich, it then come back. Liches got a lich, yo. And they never ever betray people because liches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> This is the sum total of my lich knowledge, so I don't uh, know. I, yeah, I think you're danced around it. I'm going to give you some points on that one, but there is one thing... Oh, created by a wizard? They are a wizard? Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll oh. give you four points. They are they are generally a wizard or magician that has prolonged their life and thus become sort of undead as a result. Uh, it's so, a wizard, Harry. <laughs> it's a what? Four points on that. Any idea where this might come from? Well, I think our only guess right now is Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> Uh, it predates that by quite a bit. I thought it might. <laughs> Fine, um, I thought it was from the Adventure Zone, so don't get all high and mighty. There's no shame in where knowledge comes from. Inner you know? team turmoil. Um, I will say, let's say, uh, some sort of mythology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some well, like sort something. of mythology. No, zero points for that. <laughs> this myth comes from mythology. How about, how about Norse mythology? <laughs> Okay, Norse is not correct. Does anybody on the other team know where this comes from? Is it Celtic? Uh, closer. You're geographically it's in the right place. Old English, isn't it? It is Old English. That's true. Old English. It old is, in fact, English. it is an Old English word for corpse. And in fact, if you go to a, a churchyard, you'll often see like a gateway with a covered roof that's called a lich gate, which lets you into the cemetery. Oh, so. Yes. There you have it. Uh, Neat. I put a lich gate on uh, the audio files of my podcasts. <laughs> That's how you protect it from witches. That's totally reasonable. <laughs> All right. Let us go, Kelly. All righty. Orc. Really? <laughs> Welcome to the game. <laughs> Orcs were created by Walt Simonson. No. Um. Isn't it where Mork is from? <laughs> <laughs> Orc and Indy. Yes. Orc and Indy, yeah. That was a classic show. That's the sixth Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) (laughs) I got one laugh. I'll take it. (laughs) Pretty sure it was Lex, and I pay him. So, no, wait, hold on. I don't pay him. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. I'm going with the one I know for certain, and that it... Well, what it is is uh, a creature sort of like a goblin that comes from the Lord of the Rings universe. And yeah. team? I'm talking to my team. We're, we're nailing this down. Team? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it started at Lord of the Rings, and if CGP Grey has not led me wrong, they are um, some sort of descendant of, like, angels or elves or something? I'm not entirely sure. There's a video about this. Dang it. They might be corrupted forms of elves. That... They're corrupted forms of something. But th- yeah. That's the Nazgul, isn't it? Aren't... No, they're, they're men, so that's not right. Nazgul are men. Nazgul um... are men. Orcs, they were... They were, were... Not built, but specifically created to be an army. And I want 
I want to say it was something with the Battles of Beleriand, but I'm not 100% on that, so I don't want to say that for certain, but I'm pretty sure that this is a a Tolkien creation that comes from that. Um, the word itself is a separate thing. I think it was also something that he picked up from Old English, but I don't think it actually means quite the same thing in Old English. This is what happens when you end up being friends with somebody who speaks conversational Elvish. Um, <laughs> That's what happens? There's a lot of things that happen. <laughs> well, there's no parties, so there's more time. There's a lot of parties, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so so it is it is a word that's derived from a word in Old English that means, like, like uh, uh, bad guy, not necessarily ghost, uh, like demon or something like that, I think. Um, for the old English word. So does that sound good, team? I really like all of that, yeah. Okay. So uh, it comes from Tolkien, and Tolkien cribbed it from old English. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you nine points on that. Ooh, uh, wow. Because the. Does anybody know where the sort of ultimate derivation of this comes from, probably? Because it does come from old English, but there's a specific quote unquote person that it derives from. <laughs> Scott, you might have heard of this. Um, put me on the spot. I I uh, I do not. Is it Beowulf? No, no. The so the term orc actually itself is thought to derive from the Latin god of the underworld, who D and D players may recognize as Orcus. O r c u s. Good old Orcus. Yeah. So that that possibly comes derived from there, but that was pretty close. Otherwise, I think uh, the rest of it that's on on point. Uh, it was popularized by Tolkien. Um, and so, yeah, the creatures, certainly as we know them now, pretty much come from Tolkien. Although he also spelled them with a K sometimes, <laughs> just for kicks. Yeah, he preferred it that way, I think, is was he started with the C and then decided he liked the K better. Too bad. It stuck. All right. Uh, I think you guys got nine points off that. Let's go to Scott. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. He's thinking already. I'm still here. Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. <laughs> it's a goblin well, ho- from the House of Blues. Hobgoblins are, uh, well, I'm once again going to rely on my Dungeons and Dragons knowledge, which may or may not be accurate, but uh, as far as I know, hobgoblins are larger forms of uh, goblins. They're tougher uh, goblins, uh, goblins being these little creatures that uh, are nobody likes and run around in packs and hobgoblins in the hierarchy are, are larger and tougher versions of that. They're goblins, but hobby. Exactly. <laughs> Hobby is a free goblin. (laughs) (laughs) They're savages. Uh, I don't know any particular brutes. Uh, I don't know any, no characteristics of a hobgoblin stick out in my head. So uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a point or two for that because that is in fact what they are in D&D, but it's actually not where they come from. It's not their sort of traditional hobgoblin definition. (laughs) And in fact, Brian was much closer than you might think with his jokes. <laughs> that's Yikes. the first time that's ever happened. Well, I, I don't know anything about these jokes of Brian's or Hobgoblins. <laughs> How, team, do any, um, anyone have a, a reservoir of Hobgoblin knowledge? Was that, um, well, ho- Hob is like the, the fire that you cook your food on. So, and if, if Brian's, I'm not sure which joke of brian's joke put in quotes it's fine joke (laughs) so they're household uh pests well like the um well he made a joke about dobby i believe who was a house elf um in in harry potter 
So that would be my guess that they're like derived from elves that have to do housework. Like a house goblin? And no. they get mad about it and they turn into to mean creatures. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I assume it's German because it sounds German to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, British people in general, like, I don't think that's a word that's gone out of, uh, you know, usage. The hob, you know, put something on the hob is something I feel like I have seen in not ancient English texts, but uh, maybe in British TV series. <laughs> I really, I really like that, uh, and I think I might give you a point because I really like that interpretation. And you're actually pretty close. I mean, Lex, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm gobbling it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh. I'm thinking maybe three points. Yeah. Okay. So a hobgoblin is, in fact, a small hairy creature who does odd jobs in exchange for food and is fond of practical jokes. And in fact, in some places in England, a dobby is another term for a hobgoblin. So I think Rowling basically cribbed from that English folklore for her creature. Uh, So they are, in fact, pretty close to house elves. And in fact, a goblin, sort of traditionally, is a mischievous and ugly fairy. And hob means an elf, specifically deriving from a diminutive of Robert or in this case, probably Robin uh, Hubbard. <laughs> so it, the Hob comes from Robin Goodfellow, aka Puck, and Hob was a nickname for Robert or Robin, and that mm-hmm. became generalized to elves. And so this sort of this particular sort of mischievous house spirit is a hobgoblin, which I thought <laughs> can't believe you guys didn't know all that. <laughs> I know I had it off the education. Top of you will never forget now. Yeah. I've already oh, forgotten. Just I've already forgotten. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Nobody cares about those hobgoblins. <laughs> Only so much I can do. All right. We'll go to the other side. Steve. Welcome to the other side, Dan. Good to be here. <laughs> Hello from the other side. I told you I'd see you here. <laughs> Definition <laughs> and derivation of ghoul. 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 Ah, boy. Well, I know, <laughs> at least in D&D terms, a ghoul is an undead creature that eats corpses. Traditionally. They sound charming. Or it's possible that they were made undead because they ate corpses in life and they continue to do so in the after. Ooh. But, oh, I like uh, that but that's... Speculation. <laughs> <laughs> Objection. That just sounds ludicrous. Yeah. Um, ghoul. I'm going to give you five points on that. That is correct. Five and, points? And, ghoul. Yeah, well, uh, for the definition is correct because it is, in fact, an undead creature and its particular <laughs> thing is that it consumes flesh. Like, that is sort of the essence of a ghoul, uh, a new fragrance from Calvin Klein. Um, but can you tell me where it might come from? Maybe from the same root as goulash? Oh. <laughs> Don't eat the goulash! is coming our way. I like some good flesh in my goulash. It really adds to the texture. Steve Lutz looks forward to your letters. <laughs> um, I feel like we've had a lot of Old English, so we probably have to, like rule that out maybe it's middle english um is this like a, new english? I assume it's the same root root as ghost or ghast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meaning just and ool like ul would mean something else <laughs> thanks brian that usually means a safe electrical cord brian <laughs> yeah, this is ool labs has underwritten this uh, <laughs> uh yeah i th- all I've got is that maybe it, uh, well, GH, what language traditionally has that as a key component? I'm just That's trying to think of like question. old, uh, like what's been around longer. And so I like maybe French or uh, some 
earlier iteration of English. Bonjour, I am a ghoul. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you love playing that old English card. <laughs> no, I'm saying we've had a lot of it, so I think not that. Yeah. Although maybe Dan's super into it and they're all old English. I don't super know. into it. Oh my English. God, he never shuts up about it. <laughs> I keep throwing Celtic out there and keep getting rebuffed, so maybe I'll say that again. Mm. First of all, go I, for it. I live in Boston. No, it's yeah, pronounced let's go Celtics. Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It's pronounced Lost of the Trailblazers. Sorry, sweetheart. I, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Making sports jokes on a podcast. I forgot. Sorry. It's from the Celtic root that means dead eater something it's a very good guess it is not from the celtic does anybody on team one know where the derivation of this comes from uh you must consult you must consult your batman for this for a clue raz al ghul raz al ghul which is uh head of the demon uh in fact ghul comes from arabic there are two i found two different versions of arabic and persian um ghul being ah. a verb in arabic meaning to seize uh, but has now derived become sort of a, a general term for a monstrous creature such as this or a demon. Uh, but I also found a Persian one, a, a, a mythical demon that devoured humans and animals called a ghoul, G-U-L. Hmm. So yes, so the, you're looking, you want to look towards the Middle East for that one. All right, let's wrap this round up. So you guys got five points on that uh, for the definition and zero points for the derivation. Let's wrap this round up. Gene, I'm going to give you one a little different on this one. So first I'm going to ask for the, the definition of it. But um, I'm going to give you a different question for the derivation. So the okay. definition of kobold. Kobold? How's that spelled? K-O-B-O-L-D. Can you use it in a sentence? I was going to say. <laughs> Baby, it's kobold outside? No, sorry. <laughs> kobold or I have so home. many regrets. Um, the derivation, please, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> nice, oh, nice, nice try. No, I've, I've oh, heard of these. these. Those are like the... I mean, now I've got the hobgoblin definition in my head, but it's like a similar thing, I think. It's like a little... It's German. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? It's like a little knobbly German thing. I don't know. <laughs> A little bit <laughs> German thing? Oh, Steve, Steve, you know, that is like, bold. Um, Rain it in. <laughs> they also appear in Dungeons and Dragons. So the next um, word is nobly. <laughs> um, Do you want to tease that out a, a free a, elf? <laughs> you want to tease that out a little bit? You're on the right track here. Um, uh, that it's a little nobly creature? <laughs> a, a Germanic hobgoblin, if you will. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to um, give that to you. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> because they are very, very similar to the the hobgoblins, the sort of um, human like like house spirits. I thought mm-hmm. they were dogmen. They are not. They are not dogmen. I think that is a. Uh, I thought you were a dogman. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You see that more in. I think. Um, yeah, D and D has had a couple different versions of them, but they are much closer to mm-hmm. sort of your mischievous sprite or fairy. Okay. Is Pepsi okay? And they're more knobbly. <laughs> So uh, for the instead of the derivation because yeah. the the word itself is a little bit uh, un like there's the, it's unknown where exactly it came from. Yeah, can you tell me the common fairly common word you run into that is derived from kobold and why? Huh. Well, we'll tell it to you because you asked. So three points for that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and a fairly common word, kobold. Come on, people. It's not cobalt, is it? Like, that sounds... That means blue, right? Yeah. Do we... Or Well, it's also a, it's a material that's blue, but... Oh. Uh, um, that sounds like a good guess to me, since I have nothing else. 
And, yeah. and because, uh, historically, their skin was blue. <laughs> Is that right? No. Really? Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you tell me when you uh, got your guess. Yeah, well, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, Scott is helping me have a little more confidence. That's very That's unusual for Scott. Just, he just said something very convincingly. It's true. I think it's. I, I also <laughs> yeah. think it's wrong. But. Confidence is key. Once you can fake that, you got it made. Yeah. Um, I certainly have no idea. So no idea. Well, I mean, you can't. You don't team. You don't have another word that's common or than that word to to tease out of this because I think I think I'm it's like as good a guess think. as any. Well, yeah. All right. I'm going with cobalt and. It's a substance that's blue, and these goblins were were blue. I'm going to give you three points for that because it is, in fact, cobalt. That is oh. derived from cobalt, huh. and it's because many kobolds lived in mines. Ah. That's what we grow on. Blue. So three points for that and uh, five points for the definition. So a total of eight points for kobold and shabby. that brings us to the end of round three lex friedman score update please uh, uh, right now kelly's team is running away with things a little bit but uh hopefully they'll wager more than they should uh right now kelly's team has 44 points scott's 29 all right but anything can change and it is time of course for round four the second of our fake off rounds fake off end game it's team two's chance to bid for <laughs> oh, points no. In the following category, you may bid between 1 and 10 points on your knowledge of this category. And then if you pick the correct definition, you'll get that number of points. If you do not, you will lose that number of points. Your category is weaponry. Oh, no. Team, I feel like we should be moderately for some reason. I'm not sure why. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't be moderate. It it never works out. (laughs) Pick a side. what What do you say, team? Let's be uh, like four or five, maybe. What's, of, what's our score, Lex? 44 to 29. Uh, how about four? So we're at a uh, round. I like four. it. <laughs> I like that you go in expecting to lose. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're at. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Steve, do you have a, a are you are you good with that? Or are you going to go kobold or go home? <laughs> I'm going to go home and uh... <laughs> wait, I am home. <laughs> I think four is fine, although I think we may regret it later. But <laughs> that's the alternative that's name the of this game. Cover all your bases. That's, you yes. <laughs> all right. I regret it right now. It's spelled R E G underscore R E T. No regrets. Not on saying. Not yeah, let's do four. Four sounds good. All right. Uh, we're going to do four uh, and a tinge of possible regret to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's four points in. I don't know how you want to notate a tinge of possible regret, Lex, but I it's leave a, that it's to a you. decimal. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's a decimal. All right, so you're going to bid four points in the category of weaponry. Your word is springle or espringal. E S P R I N G A L, espringle. And our first definition comes from Quinn Rose. So, an espringle is a war chariot that was used by soldiers in the Byzantine Empire. Okay, could be a war chariot of some sort. Could be something else. Scott McNulty, what is an espringle? An espringle is an ancient military engine used for launching stones and arrows by means of a spring. Okay, it could be something for launching missiles via a spring. Could be a war chariot. Could be something else entirely. Gene McDonald, what have you for us? Yes, uh, a springle is a small piece of leather Fit it between an archer's draw-pan fingers and the bowstring to prevent injury and improve aim. 
Okay, so it could be a small piece of leather used by archers on their hand. Could be some sort of engine for shooting arrows or other missiles. Or it could be a Byzantine war chariot. But it is one of those. Team 2, the choice is yours. I'll tell you this. Hope is Springle's eternal. (laughs) I love a Springle about the Muna and the Juna and the Single. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um... I feel like the second one, the, the Spring military uh-huh. engine that shoots stones and arrows first of all i think that's a ballista and second the fact that it <laughs> mentions spring seems just a, a little on the nose so it seems a little too on the nose yeah it does to me as well uh i'm torn between the first one and the third one because the third one sounds a little bit too specific almost like a low definition definition it does but i also don't like the first one but at all a springle included byzantine which it seems also oddly specific it's a little bit byzantine for a definition yeah, yeah. What? Wow. I I like the small piece of leather personally. <laughs> personally, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, between the fingers. That's that's, that's my new ringtone. <laughs> okay, I think you've just sold me on the uh, tiny piece of leather. That's gonna sound real good coming out of your pocket. What is he going door to door selling these? <laughs> I can't argue with the tiny piece of leather. I'm selling these fine leather finger protectors. <laughs> They're tiny. <laughs> uh, what have you heard? <laughs> All right, Hi. team. Okay. Are you an archer? What are you going with? Yes, uh, I can't argue <laughs> with Lutz's small piece of leather. So I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go with that. All right. It sounds like they are going with Gene's definition that in a springle is a small piece of leather used by archers. Gene, is that what in a springle is? I'm afraid it is not. That oh, was a bluff. no. Curse you. Clearly, you thought it was the, the Byzantine War Chariot, right? Right? Yeah. What do you think, Quinn? Mm, not quite. That ah, was a bluff as well. Scott McNulty and a springle. A springle is an ancient military engine for launching stones and arrows by means of a spring. And I thought, maybe I shouldn't mention spring in the definition, but then I thought, I bet they'll think that that's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This was an actual piece of weaponry, but I came across it most recently in the book Foundry Side by Robert Jackson Bennett, uh, in which they use handheld versions, which looking it up seems like it would be hard to do that because it's like literally like a little box. Uh, It's it's similar to a ballista. So you were really close on that, Steve. So while using these things, would they have to use a small piece of leather to protect their fingers because i feel like they would you know I, it's, I th- it's never a I bad idea we just, we just got outlatched <laughs> yeah you know what you're uh, right scott out-lutzed. it was dumb <laughs> all right that is the end of round four we got one round left but first lex friedman score update please dan after four rounds scott mcnulty and team have 29 points uh kelly and team have an even 40 along with a tinge of possible regret <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. We don't regret betting oh, low, right? It's no it... longer possible regret. It's straight up regret at this point. <laughs> All right. So there's only an 11-point spread going into our last round. This is round five, a game we're calling Letter Drop. Titles change interestingly if you drop a letter. I'm going yes! to uh, yes! give you a plot of a movie uh, based on an actual movie in, in which we've dropped a letter from the title, and you're going to tell me the name of that movie. So, for example, if I gave you the plot... A shrinking superhero takes on bad guys with the help of his new partner, a venomous snake. Your answer would be... Ant-Man, Ant-Man and, and the, and the ass. Excellent. This is how this game is played. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Quinn, we're going to start with you. <laughs> oh, great. Four children travel into a mystical realm where they must combat an evil rash. 
Okay. Would this be the lion, the itch, and the wardrobe? Ten points. Very nice. <laughs> well done. All right, Brian Hamilton. Yes. A spaceship crew embarks on a mission to locate large reserves of asphalt. Hmm. Spaceship, asphalt, team. I think it's most likely Tar Trek. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Tar Trek. Tar Trek is correct. Ten points. Very nice. Scott McNulty. Hmm. Nine compatriots band together to destroy an offshore drilling platform. <laughs> uh, nine, uh, anyone on my team want to help me, or do we just want to um, say, um... We are thinking. Uh, uh, nine um, compatriots, um... What movie has nine compatriots in it? Oh, is it one of the Avengers movies? Oh, I was... So they're not, not Lord of the Rings. Oh, it could be Lord of the Rings. I mean, are they compatriots? I don't know. Um, what's an oil, another word for an oh, oil it's platform? Lord of the Rigs. There it is. Ah, Lord of the Rigs. That's good. I'm going to need a more specific answer because technically uh, that's not a movie. Oh, okay. Oh, it's oh. got to be a movie? Fellowship oh, yeah, of the Rigs. Fellowship of the Rigs. There you go. Rigs. Fellowship of the Rig. Well done. <laughs> wow. Kelly Gamont. Yes. Tripod-like aliens invade Earth to have a spirited debate with its inhabitants. Tripod-like, is that War of the Worlds? <laughs> Maybe War of the Words? Yeah, I'm going War of the Words. War of the Words is correct. Ten points. Gene McDonald. Three astronauts realize that their ship has been secretly piloted by monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, no. Three. Three astronauts. Oh, oh, oh. I, hmm. I, I'm uh, actually team. I'm I'm like drawing a blank because secretly piloted by monkeys. Uh, Where does uh, leave us? It's not like I mean, Planet of the Apes is already apes, <laughs> um, and they were uh, three astronauts. Uh, Ap- Apollo Eleven is a movie, right? Or but how does how do you change that with a letter? What other astronaut movies are there? Uh, <laughs> There's so many. Uh, there, there are too many. There are uh, too many. I can't think of any. Um, <laughs> uh, I think what is three astronauts specifically? That's not a lot of astronauts. It's true. That's <laughs> no, why they but, need that monkey. You get more. You get more <laughs> astronauts, guys. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's all those uh, all those those trips to the moon were three three astronauts. Two to go down, one to stay behind. Sounds like a real pain in the astronaut. (laughs) (laughs) They have a ship. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. Uh, I'm going to give you make a bad guess. (laughs) I'm going to give you some points, but I'm going to go the other. I'm going to. I'm going to go the other side for anybody. Anybody? Uh, We're racking our brains over here. Uh, Space Odyssey has. Three pilots on the thing? No, there's only two. I think we're going to give you five points because you got the movie, but you didn't get the the transformation. Now, if you know that you've mentioned the movie and you want to find the transformation, you could still get one point out I mean, of I was trying to figure out something to do with Apollo 13, but I couldn't couldn't find it. Don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> think of another movie you mentioned yeah, and immediately Gene, reject it as yep. not the right answer. <laughs> I must have missed that one. Yeah, Gene, you did say it. You just didn't get the, the right... The... Uh, pl- Planet of the Apes. Yeah, see what you can do with that. Dropping a letter. Yep. Plane of Pla- the Apes. Uh, plane of, plane the, apes. of the Apes. 
Uh, so five uh, points for for picking that up, but not quite making it all the way there. Astronaut, and we, wow. the astronaut you know, astronauts uh, do not fly planes <laughs> <laughs> historically. Uh, neither do monkeys. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Our last question, bringing it home, and the answer that inspired this round for me, Steve Lutz. What in in nineteen twenties <laughs> New York, a young wizard turned DJ is attempting to find his new sound. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> A young wizard turned DJ in 1920s. In 1920s New York. <laughs> so wait, there's am... three parts to this. There's 1920s, oh there's wizard, and there's DJ. 20s which New York. One... It's a great question. Um, wh- which part of this do we think is the transformation? <laughs> the DJ. Well, I'm guessing, I mean, since it's young wizard, I'm going to have to assume it's one of the Harry Potter books. And probably... The and the such and such has been modified in some way to make mm. all these things work. Okay, so, uh, uh, okay, so that gives us Deathly Hallows, Half Blood Prince, Half Order of the Phoenix, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban. Yeah, that's that's a no. Maybe it's Azkaban. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Abacaban? No, that doesn't work. Nineteen twenties New York. Could that be where it started? Nineteen twenties New York? Like the um What new sound would he be trying to find in nineteen twenties? Well I think the the new sound is related to he's a DJ and that's I think that's the mod on this one. You're a DJ, Harry. <laughs> I'm a what? <laughs> what 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 wicked <laughs> <sighs> all right, yeah. I, I come up with something the 1920s for me. New York and the DJ thing and the sound are all all part of the mod. Personally, mm-hmm. uh, 1920s and 1920s music, like the, the, a, a like rag the, the, or something. The Great Gatsby. Ooh, like, the Great Gatsby. Don't say it if you do. But does anybody on Team One have this? I absolutely have yes. it. <laughs> okay, yes. Okay, excellent. All right, so I'm gonna need I'm gonna need an answer, Team Two. <laughs> all right. Sorry, guys. I got nothing. I have nothing, yeah. Now, if it was an orc looking to be a DJ, maybe I could help you, but in this case, I got nothing. <laughs> so with a C or a K. <laughs> yeah, I, I am unfortunately also drawing a blank here. All right. And I'm going to kick myself. Oh, yeah, I'm no points on the line. We go to the other side for... Fantastic Beats and Where to Find Them. That is correct. Oh. <laughs> oh. God, we were so close. Well, well done. Oh, oh that and... takes place in New York yes. in 1920s? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That, that is, is a movie. That is the end of their game, and I think it ended up being closer than they thought. It Lex did. Friedman. I even could consider awarding Scott's team five points for knowing that last answer, and it still wouldn't matter because team two, <laughs> Kelly's team had sixty points. Scott's team, without that five bonus points, had fifty-four. Oh. Uh, so Scott's team couldn't win, but then neither do monkeys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's team did have 60 points, but they also had a tinge of what is now defined as straight-up regret. It is straight-up. <laughs> it is now, yes. And not That with. is all we have time for. My thanks to all of the panelists and to scoreperson Lex Friedman. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at at incon underscore sievable. If you have ideas for questions or games or rounds, please send them to inconceivable at theincomparable.com. We will be back with another devilish game show at some point in the near future. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening, and so long.